You're listening to Mr. Suave at MrSuave.com. Quiet, numbskulls, I'm broadcasting. It's a mod, mod world. A lot of people wonder, what is the blues? I hear a lot of people saying the blues, the blues, but I'm going to tell you what the blues is. Mr. Swab's Mod Mod World at MrSwab.com. The Gospel According to Spinal Tap. This pretentious, ponderous collection of religious rock psalms is enough to prompt the question, what day did the Lord create Spinal Tap, and couldn't he have rested on that day too?
to educate yourself with the Mad Mod Prof of Music Mixology. Here he is, a man who wasted 20 years of research and two whole hours of writing on his masterful college thesis, Hendrix Gin, self-esteem enhancer for the leisure classes, or cancer cure for the working masses. It's Mr. Suave. Alright, welcome to Modcast number 432, Blues in the Beginning. Alright, this time I am taking you back to our mod roots with some seriously cool and bluesy R&B from the early to mid-60s. So many great artists got their start in uh, R&B bands in the early 60s before they moved on to their own kind of more blues rock based groups. I opened the show with one of the most iconic leaders of the early British blues explosion. That was harmonica master Cyril Davies. Davies is uh, arguably the architect of the British invasion, giving it its blues foundation, training up and molding its greatest players. Davies got his start in uh, his pal Alexis Corner's skiffle band in the mid-50s. The two of them were foundational in setting the table for the whole 60s R&B scene with the early mods, no doubt about it. Uh, early on, they had their own band, Blues Incorporated, along with uh, guys in it like Artwood and Long John Baldry, among others. They were playing jazz clubs a lot, uh, clubs that had been known for jazz, like the Marquee and the 100 Club, and they eventually started their own place called the Ealing Club in the late 50s, and in 1962, sadly, Blues Incorporated broke up, with Corner going more a trad jazz and, and deep blues route, and Davies wanting to do more electronic, more rock and R&B, uh, incorporating the blues for sure, but making it more rock and roll. His his early band then was called Cyril Davies All Star R&B Band. Uh, they recorded five tracks in 1962 for Pie Records, including that Barnstormer that I opened the show with. That was Country Line Special. Uh, I had Nick Hopkins on piano, and I'll get more. About him later in the show. Um, anyhow, they were playing the Ealing Club regularly with a rotating lineup of the most amazing young British blues enthusiasts like you had Jack Bruce and Ginger Breaker and Eric Clapton, of course, who later become Cream. You had Graham Bond, Long John Baldry, Rod Stewart, Ray Davies, Paul Jones, um, Eric Burden, the great Manford Man. I mean, all of these people were getting their start under Cyril Davies, uh, some of them also playing with Corner and other groups at the time, right there in all of those clubs in that early British blues explosion. Maybe most famously, uh, there's a story that one night Davies introduced some guys uh, who were at the club together. He introduced Mick Jagger to Keith Richards and Brian Jones. And then later on another occasion, he introduced all three of them to Charlie Watts, thus helping set the nucleus of the Rolling Stones. Pretty amazing. In 1963, many of them, those same guys that I just mentioned, Stones and all those other folks, uh, they were regulars in the club and they were there to see the Jimi Hendrix Experience play. And Jimmy Page was quoted as saying that Davies pioneered a sound that was to give incentive to every great group of the time. Pretty impressive. 
And to think what could have been had he lived a little longer. He was such a mentor, such a force for guiding all of these young players. Uh, but sadly, he died. 1964, at the ripe old age of just 31. But, man, having put such a stamp on music, amazing. After that, Long John Baldry took over the All-Stars, sort of played a similar role to Davies, mentoring the cool young musicians, uh, still guys like Clapton and Jagger and Stewart, but it was really Davies who was the original master. No doubt the Ealing Club and all those other cool East End clubs in London were clearly the hippest places on earth at the time. The music was getting rockier, but still bluesy, with pounding pianos, had jazzy electronic guitars now, more than acoustic guitars. What a time to have been on the scene, right? So I'm digging this, I'm going to dive in and deliver a ton of great blues-based rock and roll from the earliest days of the original British mod scene. First up, a young mod just starting out.
growth rate of this band cannot even be charted. They are treading water in a sea of retarded sexuality and bad poetry. Well, that's, that's nitpicking, isn't it? <laughs> Blues in the beginning. Man, was that a great set or what? Everyone knows that jazz and American soul played a big part in the early mod scene, and so, of course, did the blues. So, I have finally gotten around to uh, doing this show dedicated to some of those great early sounds. I'm really glad I did. It was a lot of fun putting this one together. I've listened to this music over the years for a long time, but diving back into it and digging it all up has has been great, and I've been revisiting a lot of great albums uh, that I should probably really be listening to more in depth on a more regular basis. That last song we heard shows that the blues weren't just British, since it comes courtesy of Belfast's own Them 
featuring, of course, Van Morrison. Morrison, like so many of these guys, started out in the 50s in a skiffle band. Uh, he even learned to play saxophone. That was kind of like his thing. He was a sax player, really. His earliest recordings were in Germany with a band he was touring with in the early 60s called Georgie and the Monarchs. Uh, and he was their sax player. He also spent some time around uh, London, then hanging out there in London, getting into the burgeoning blues scene before returning to Belfast. And he opened his own blues club with some friends, which, when it opened, he realized he needed a regular band, led him to put together the original lineup for them. And they recorded that track that we just heard in 1964 that was Don't Stop Crying Now. Ahead of him was the great Spencer Davis Group doing Midnight Train. Spencer Davis Group had lots of early success. Uh, they challenged the Beatles in the charts on a regular basis back in those days, and it, really a lot of that was because of their legendary organ player, Stevie Winwood. He joined the group right in its earliest days, in the beginning in 1963, when he was just 14. Think about that. He was 14 when he dove into the Spencer Davis Group and was you know, a star player for them. That was because he'd already been playing the R&B scene and as a teen kid, young teen, as the organist for some of the greatest blues men ever, he played with Muddy Waters, John Lee Hooker, T-Bone Walker, Helen Wolf, B.B. King, uh, as well as branching out into early rock and roll with guys who would come over and play, and, and he'd tour with them and be their organist for, you know, just guys like Chuck Berry and Bo Diddley. And that was all when he was a young teenager. Pretty cool, that. Ahead of that was the Artwoods. That was Art Woods' 60s group, which grew out of his 50s skiffle-like rock and roll band, the Art Wood Combo. Uh, he is, of course, the older brother of Ronnie Wood. Got his start, Art Wood did, in Cyril Davies' All-Stars, as well as many of the others. And then uh, eventually left after not too long to form the Art Woods, one of the kind of coolest, modest outfits of the day. Shame they didn't get more commercial successes. I've, I've always thought they had a really great sound. They were one of the better groups of those early days. As I said, of course, his brother uh, got more than his fair share of success. That would be Ronnie Wood later in the Rolling Stones. That Artwood's track there was If I Ever Get My Hands On You, their self-released 1964 single. Just before that was... Uh, a supergroup of sorts. In fact, I think they called themselves the first supergroup. That was Steam Packet, which included Long John Baldry, Rod Stewart, Julie Driscoll, Brian Auger, and a few others, but that was the kind of the core. And there they were doing Baby Baby from 1966. If you want to check them out, I've got a great video of Steam Packet up on the Modcast homepage at mrswab.com. And just before that was another R&B star of the day, Georgie Fame, along with his group, the Blue Flames. And this comes from the time, 63-64, when they were the house band at the Flamingo Club. Fame took Rufus Thomas's The Dog, sped it up, made it bouncy, gave it some oomph, almost a bit of a ska vibe in there, sort of. Uh, anyhow, he called it Do The Dog. Became one of the group's signature R&B pieces. And way up top. Starting that set out was none other than David Bowie in one of his earliest blues incarnations. 
calling himself by his other name, Davy Jones. That was Davy Jones and the King Bees. That song was Liza Jane, which was the band's only recording done in 1964, if you can believe it. As always, I've got a track list up on the Modcast homepage at mrswab.com, as well as some really cool bonus videos this week that you can check out over there. Be sure to follow me on Facebook at facebook.com slash modmodworld. I'm also on Twitter at mrswab. So uh, don't be a stranger. Lots of ways to get in touch. I always like to hear from people. Alright, let's get back to the tunes. This is the Rolling Stones right here on Mr. Swell's Mud Mud World. Well, I'm a king bay buzzing around Joe High. Well, I'm a king bay baby buzzing around Joe High. Yeah, I can make honey, baby Let me come inside Well, I'm a king, babe Want you to be my queen Well, I'm a king, babe, baby Want you to be my queen Together we can make honey world has never seen Well, but so why? Sting it then I don't want no sugar in 
just another man on your back. No one's getting too tough and getting out of hand enough. If you can't see your dream mirror, cause I'm the next in line. 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 Next in line. Using your men like sheep Yeah, losing them all like it's so I know you love and don't believe your lies No, you can't pull the wool right over my eyes Cause I'll move out of line Cause I'll move out of line Cause I'll move out of I'm sure we all wish them the very best on their forthcoming tour of America. Myself, you big city, big city. Yeah, you ain't glad big enough. Forgot the thing my mother told me Like being good at everything For there are things in the city that's right Like the wine women roll of the dice Big city, big city
Simple lines intertwining, you know, very much like I'm really influenced by Mozart and Bach, and it's sort of in between those. It's really, it's like a Mach piece, really. It's, what do you call this? Well, this piece is called uh, Lick My Love Pump. sounds that's so entranced the original mods i really hope you're enjoying this one because i had a great time putting it together and uh rediscovering some things and learning some new stuff too and so that's always fun for me and i hope it's uh, enjoyable for you all listening out there as well that last track was the pretty things with big city pretty things rose out of uh, earlier bands that uh, morphed into the stones um pretty things founder dick taylor was Originally in some very early bands with Keith Richards, Mick Jagger, and Brian Jones. Uh, But, you know, how many guitarists does any band need, right? So, Taylor jumped ship in early 63 and started his own band, The Pretty Things. And they were pretty popular right away. Uh, Had a very solid, hard R&B vibe that garnered them a few UK hits. But they never did really crack the US, and they were never really able to sustain their early success. Uh... Maybe from competition, who knows what, but uh, sadly they just kind of drifted apart over the years. Ahead of that was one of the coolest but lesser known mod bands of the first wave. That's the Birds. Uh, Birds, B-I-R-D-S, not B-Y-R-D-S, and that will become apparent, well, clear why that's important in just a moment. Uh, They should have been huge, not least because they had Ronnie Wood, Art Wood's brother, who famously later joined the Rolling Stones. Uh, The Birds uh, started out as a pretty popular act, but then came the arrival of the American band, The Birds. Same name, different spelling. Uh, When they showed up in the UK, they all ended up in a legal battle over the name. The British Birds tried to block the American Birds from using that name in the UK, but they lost the battle and in the process wound up with a lot of negative press that they kind of never really recovered from. Uh, They never even recorded a full album. Uh, They had a huge handful of singles, but no album ever was able to come together. Uh, Not until much later, there was a really good compilation of pretty much everything they recorded, all those early singles, that was released around the turn of the century called The Collector's Guide to Rare British Birds. I highly recommend that. Great great compilation of pretty much everything they did. Uh, By 67 the band had folded. Ronnie Wood and Kim Gardner moved on from the Birds to join one of the later lineups of the creation. A track from the Birds that I played there was Next In Line. And before that was one of the great legendary bands of the blues era of the early 60s that of course was the Yardbirds. It's always amazed me, and pretty much everyone, that over the years the band boasted three of the greatest guitar players of all time, Eric Clapton, Jimmy Page, and Jeff Beck. 
Uh, and, you know, the late incarnation, of course, eventually morphed into Led Zeppelin. This track, though, is uh, from their earliest days, A Certain Girl. It was uh, originally an Alan Toussaint song. Yardbirds recorded it in early 64 for their first single, and it has a just cracking great guitar solo from Clapton in it. Uh, for some reason, though, the song was bumped to the B-side of that single uh, in favor of I Wish You Would. Another cool blue scorcher. Hard to choose an A-side there, right? Just before that, I played Daddy Rolling Stone from The Who, of course, which was uh, the B-side to their 65 single, Anyhow, Anyway, Anywhere. Just love that version. It has the great Nicky Hopkins on piano. Hopkins was the go-to organist and piano player in Britain in those early days. He played for all the great guitar blues bands that... Yeah, most of them didn't have full-time organist or piano players. Uh, so he was the piano player on singles and albums for The Who, The Kinks, The Move, uh, The Stones, The Pretty Things, The Easy Beats, tons more. He got his start as the main organist for Cyril Davies' All-Stars, of course. Who else didn't start there, right? Um, but because of health reasons, he had to quit that band. Uh, he sort of semi-retired for like almost two years and... After that, he just couldn't tour at all because of his health, but he could sit and play, and damn if he couldn't play really well. Uh, and he you know, then ended up on all the great hits of the day in the mid-60s. Uh, so really interesting story there about how guitar bands incorporated a single organist on all those albums. Just ahead of that, uh, we heard from The Kinks with their version of Bald-Headed Woman, originally by Lightning Hopkins. And uh, later made famous with the more rock and roll version that was done by The Who. But the Kinks version just seems to be bluesier, surprisingly grittier, and just seemed like a good fit here in this mix. Starting that set out was Slim Harpo's I'm a King Bee, as done by The Rolling Stones, coming off of their debut album in 1964. And it features some, shall I say, stinging slide guitar work by the great Brian Jones. And a really moody and lonely sounding harmonica solo by Jagger. One of their best and bluesiest early tracks. I'm a King Bee by the Rolling Stones. So that really just barely scratches the tip of the rhythm and blues iceberg of the 60s. So much good stuff in that same vein, all in that few year period there from like, you know, 61 to 65. Um, all of which led to tons of great music further down through the years from the psychedelia of the late 60s to garage rock to punk rock. Everything has uh, a bit of their roots back in those days. Alright, I encourage you to check out some of the bonus videos I have for this week up on the Modcast homepage at mrswild.com. In particular, you might dig a really cool clip of the birds uh, from a bee film that they appeared in. I've also got some early footage of them uh, and Steam Packet and a clip of Mick Jagger talking about playing with Cyril Davies in those early days. Just some really cool clips. Don't miss out. Check out MrSwab.com for more. Finally, I'm going to beg you, if you've subscribed via iTunes, please head over there and give me a nice review. Five-star review. Reviews are the shit. You know that. Um, if you're not subscribed to the Modcast, you really should be. I've got links up on the Modcast homepage for the shows 
iTunes page, so you can go there pretty easily. Give me a review there. Give me a shout-out on Facebook as well. Don't be a stranger. All right. Enough said about all that stuff. I've got time for one more track. This is from one of the rawest, the grittiest, the down-and-dirty, bluesiest R&B combos of the era, the Downliner Sect. Interesting. I learned this. Both Steve Marriott and Rod the Mod Stewart auditioned for this act, uh, but they wanted desperately to be the front face of the group, but Don Crane already had that position shown up, and so they said no. They were forced into the small faces and the faces, respectively. So thank you to Don and the Downliner sect for forcing their hand on that one. <laughs> Anyhow, from 1966, this is the Downliner sect with Tiger in your tank. I'm Mr. Suave. Thanks for listening. Tiger in your tank, come on, wow, wow. 
tiger in your tank. I put a tiger in your tank. I put a tiger in your tank. I put a tiger in your tank. I don't care what people say. I put a tiger in your tank. 